On today's Locked On Texans podcast, Cody and I look at how Tank Dale is overcoming pre-draft doubts and is winning the AFC South in play for Houston. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Wednesday episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, thank you to all of our new listeners. Make sure that you subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texans podcast wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Um, why do I still got this song, by the way? Uh, but <laughs> to all of our re- returning listeners and viewers, thank you for checking us out for another episode. I am one of your hosts, John Some Sports Guy Hickman, your Texans football analyst. And of course, joining me as always, Texans credential media member, beat reporter, and Sports Illustrated's own Cody Davis. Before we get started, I want to dedicate this show to my man, Drew. Uh, I had a very fun conversation with my boy the other day, and he said, you know what? I feel like Nick Casario is a top five general manager. I'll let you guys oh. argue about that. But I think when the Houston Texans get a win in the way that they did, it invigorates, you know, it puts a lot of passion back into the Texans fan base. But we got to look at the Houston Texans getting their first home win of the season since 2021, potentially on Sunday. Right, Cody? Is that, yes, is that, sir. That's been last, almost two years. That's crazy. Yep. Last home game victory was when yeah. they beat the Los Angeles Chargers 41 to 26, I believe. The Money Mills game. Yes, sir. Money Mills. That was also the Rex Burkhead game as well. I think he ended up rushing for like a buck 25 or something like that. By the way, the coach was David Cully. So shout out to my boy. <laughs> we also got to take a look at Tank Dale is better than expected. But I think I wanted to open up talking about. You know, I'm giving some shout out to my boy Drew because not only is Drew a believer, but I'm seeing a lot of Texans fans and you guys don't be shy. Come on outside, wave your hands and wave them like you just don't care because hmm. after seeing how Houston handled Jacksonville, after seeing how Anthony Richardson and the Colts, who by the way are I believe two and one two right and now, one. they beat the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday with Gardner Minshew, not Anthony Richardson. He's going to be out. He was out with a concussion protocol. I'm not in a, I wouldn't be in a rush to rush him back. But understanding how the coats could work out and also looking at the Tennessee Titans, who at any given moment, we're going to see a quarterback change. I think that's inevitable. But I think mm-hmm. a lot of fans are now looking at this the division, also looking at the schedule for Houston and now wondering. Not only could Houston win more games than the prior two seasons, but could they be in play for the AFC South? Um, I think it's possible. And, and John, before moving on, I do want to say one of my favorite things about being a reporter covering the Houston Texans, covering the Houston Rockets is the fact that I like when I'm wrong in the right way. And this is one of the moments where I'm glad to say that I was wrong because I remember 
coming into the season when you and I kind of played around with this idea, I say without a shadow of a doubt, the Houston Texans will not have an opportunity to win this division. If anything, at best, they'll probably finish at number two. And I thought that was a long shot. However, not only have we seen the potential and the promise in the Houston Texans over the first three games, but the Indianapolis Colts, they are kind of in the same boat as the Houston Texans. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they are not as good as what I expected them to be. And of course, Tennessee, I think it's just time for them to hit the reset button. But I think if the Houston Texans really have an opportunity to win this division, the next five games is definitely going to tell it all because their schedule as of right now, starting with the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday, right after that, they play the Atlanta Falcons, the New Orleans Saints, the Carolina Panthers, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, John, I don't think they it's They do have a bye week in between uh, New Orleans and Carolina. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they have that bye week, which is probably going to make the next two games more winnable, too. When you take a look at the fact following the bye week, they're going to play against the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, John, I'm looking at this from a standpoint. If the Texans can win, let's say, three out of their next five games, that will literally put them at, what, four and four on the season? And you're looking at a situation where they would definitely have an opportunity to make a run at this division, which means not only are they going to try to make a run at the at the division, but if they come away victorious in the AFC South, does that mean there's going to be a playoff berth here in the city of Houston? Don't know. But, John, this is one of those situations where I, I, I just go back to me saying the first three to four to five weeks of the season, how much is that? How much of that was going to be a learning curve for this franchise? And despite them sitting with a record of one and two, I have been very impressed for what I have been seeing from the Texans on all three levels. Yeah, and the one thing about Houston's chances right now, they are they are going on a run where they're looking at Pittsburgh on Sunday, and I'll get to that. Mm. Um, but then they're going on their run where they play the NFC South. Mm. When you look at the NFC South right now, you got an injury at quarterback in New Orleans. You got an injury at quarterback in Carolina. You have a just bad overall quarterback play with the Atlanta Falcons. And so that's one of the games where I can still see Houston losing due to the ability to run that ball. We'll get into that a little bit. And then you also have Tampa Bay where with Tampa Bay, I, I think that's a swing game. But what plays in Houston's favor as of right now, starting off with Pittsburgh, bad offense, 18.7 points per game. After that, Atlanta, 18.3 points per game. After that, New Orleans, 17.7 points per game. After that, Carolina, 18 points per game. And then you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, I think they are hovering around, just had that number up, 19 points per game. So they're playing five teams in the NFC South and including the AFC West, AFC North, excuse me, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, none of those teams are scoring over 20 points right now. And mm. all of those teams are having, maybe outside of Tampa, but all of those teams are having issues with their quarterback play. And I'll tell you why that's significant, because you're looking at a situation where you're getting now both of your Demuco Ryans players back on the field in Jalen Petrie and uh, Jimmy Ward. So I think, again, the coverage will be different. Uh, the physicality, how they'll be attacking offenses will be different. And with the addition of Khalil Davis, I think he's a guy that I may be over, over judging it, but I think he's a guy that's going to be good for Houston up front because he's going to do his job. Not a lot of getting out of gaps, not a lot of getting out of lanes, doing his job as a defensive tackle. And so hopefully that will 
lead to the edge defenders, right? The Will Andersons, the John Gonars to be able to get after the quarterback because simply I'm looking at a situation where this is an opportunity for Houston to really go out there and just outscore people. Defensively, you contain your offense, right? You're gonna you, when I when I look at Pittsburgh, I have no worries about the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. Hmm. Uh, I, I think George Pickens is a great player. I think that well, I think he can be a great receiver. I think there's issues with the quarterback situation. Uh, we know how crazy that defense is, and so T.J. Watt and by the way, J.J. Watt's getting you know hmm. in the ring of honor Sunday. T.J. Watt's going to wreak havoc. There's no doubt about it. Great players do great things, but if you could just maybe neutralize him or take away the rest of the defense by getting the ball out quickly, kind of making him less of a factor. The longer you hold on to the ball, the more opportunities you're going to give T.J. Watt in that defense. But Desmond Ritter doesn't scare me. Right now in his career, uh, Derek Carr nor Jameis Winston, especially Tyson Hill for whatever package New Orleans has for him, doesn't scare me. Andy Reid or Bryce Young doesn't scare me. Um. What's my man? Baker Mayfield doesn't scare me. So, again, I think Houston has an opportunity kind of different from what they've had in the past, right? You will see Houston go on a a streak of division games, and they're playing against teams that can put points on the board. And because of their quarterback play, because of their lack of offensive potential, they were not able to keep up. They also wasn't able to stop a nosebleed in terms of the run, but they didn't have the offense to keep up, right? We mentioned on Tuesday's show – they are now ranked 15th in the league in the offense points per game. And so in the past, 20th, 30th, I mean, 29th, 30th, 31st. Now I can believe, at least to this point, and maybe Pittsburgh and that defense would change my mind and my thinking a little bit, but now I believe, hey, maybe Houston can win some of these games because CJ in that offense will be able to go out there and put points on the board. That's the difference between this year and the past couple of years. I think this is an opportunity for Houston especially on Sunday with J.J. Watt getting inducted into the ring of honor, ring of fire, and and, and and everything coming off that high victory, beating your division rivals, beating Trevor Lawrence and everything. You can come into the building on the NRG, in the, in, the, in the NRG on Sunday, and if you can get a win, that could possibly be Houston's first statement win, something that actually means something and matters since Deshaun Watson. And that statement win coming under D'Amico Ryans, I think, will do wonders uh, for this team. So I don't think it's necessarily far-fetched. Cody, I was one of the few people heading into the season. I wish we could run some of that tape back that said, hmm. hey, I'm not necessarily buying Jacksonville right now. I still got to see it one more year because they had a lot of drop interceptions last year. So how can Trevor Lawrence in that offense overcome it? I uh, didn't believe necessarily in Indy. I thought they was in the same boat as Houston, kind of mirror each other. And I didn't necessarily believe in Tennessee because of their quarterback situation. And I thought eventually Derrick Henry was not going to be able to carry that offense anymore. That offensive line is in shambles. And now we're seeing the result of it. Can Houston win this division? Anything is possible. But I think the first step, guys, is shocking the world, beating Pittsburgh in front of J.J. White and the White family and getting that statement win this Sunday. 
Three things really quick. First of all, it's Andy Dalton, not Andy Reid. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, and secondly, to your point, John, when you talk about the, the the this offense, you know, the one thing D'Amico Ryan and Coach Bobby Slowey have been preaching ever since training camp, they want to have that explosive offense. And I know I gave this stat on yesterday, but I'm going to repeat it repeated again today dating back to the fourth quarter in the loss against the indianapolis Colts. this is a team that has scored 41 points over the last five quarters that lets you know that this offense is really starting to get into a rhythm and i think in order for the texans to really take control and take and take command of these next five games the most important position group is going to be that offensive line because yes when you take a look at these next five games John, to your point, a lot of these offenses, especially the quarterback outside of New Orleans, outside of the court, outside of the quarterback um, with the quarterback positions, um, they really don't pose no type of threat. However, when you take a look at a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers, like the New Orleans Saints, um, like the Carolina Panthers, like those are teams that literally have a solid to really good defense defenses, especially up front. And I think this offensive line definitely needs to make sure that they continue to replicate the performance that they did Sunday in Jacksonville. Yeah. Also, I would like to add um, the, the Texans are taking on offenses that again, are not good um, in the passing game. Um, Pittsburgh, 208 passing yards per game. Atlanta, one of the worst in the league with 155. You know, again, Desmond Ritter does not scare me. Carolina, 200. New Orleans, 221. Tampa, 206. Not an explosive offense in terms of running the ball. Atlanta does still scare me in terms of passing the ball, but Atlanta does still scare me running the ball. This is a perfect opportunity for Houston to go out there and – you know, put some points on the board and make plays. So uh cannot turn the ball over. It's something that Houston has not been has not been doing, which is a good thing. They just gotta go out there and make those plays and put points on the board. None of these teams scare me. And I think Houston has an opportunity to code, like you say, out of the next five games, let's say Houston goes, let's say Houston wins three of those games. Are we looking at this team a lot different now? Also, by the time of that run ends, you'll be having Laramie Tunsil, hopefully, and Titus Howard back. That little dance that me and CJ did, you know, that's the um, little Cali dance, I think. Yeah. It's, it's, it's originated in Cali, so mm-hmm. that's just something that he came up with, and I went along with it, and that's what we're doing for now. So. What has been the reception been like for you? Because... Um, you played two seasons at U- University of Houston, right? Three of them. Three seasons at yeah. University of Houston. You get drafted by the Texans. Like, what has this whole experience been like? The reception around the city? Um, Definitely love the fans. Um, mm-hmm. First and foremost, the fans, the city. I love the, the city of Houston. I love the fan base. Um, And just being at home. I feel like I'm at home, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, just like how I would be in Florida, I feel at home. Like, I don't have to go. I didn't have to go get adjusted to a whole new city. Like, all yeah. I had to do was worry about ball. Mm-hmm. Like, I ain't have, like, you know, I didn't, I've been here three years, so it, it's nothing to get new to. I've been yeah. to the food spots. I don't got to, <laughs> I know where to go. I know where not to go. I know yeah. how to move and things like that. And 
all I can focus on is ball. That was the main thing, just focus on ball. So that's what I've been doing. How would you best describe your ability to go out there on the field and just play ball? Because I remember when you got drafted, I was reading the, um, the, the the draft analysis, and it was always talking about your size and stuff. And I look at I look at that, and I look at how you play, and it's like you definitely do not go by you know what they said you was going by at that time. Yeah, man, I just play off. Um, first off, God, I know he got me through anything. You know, I didn't get this far just to get this far. You know, he was with me every step of the way. I knew that for sure. So I say God and just being confident. You know, my confidence, I feel like it's hard to break. I, it, it's no breaking my confidence. Um, no matter what happens, you know, I'm always believing myself if nobody else do. Um, I know my family going to believe in me and God got me through anything. I already know that. So. It's nothing somebody can say to me or what they say is, is it can't hurt me, you know, in one ear or out the other. Um, and you got to take the good with the bad, you know. They're gonna say it's gonna be people out here doubting you, but it's gonna also be people believing in you. And you, you know, you want you, you gonna listen to the ones who believe. But me, I'm opposite. I like I like the doubt, you know. I like to, that make me go harder. That give me extra motivation. And then um, just playing, man. It's just a just a Grown man game, but as a kid, it's a kid's game, man. Yeah. Just having fun with it. Just having fun. That's the main thing, just having fun. What, oh, how would you describe your relationship with CJ? That's my guy. That's my brother, man. I love that man. man. Um, ever, since, ever since we connected, we've been, like, tight. Tight, man. I be texting, checking up, just, just off the field stuff, checking in on him. He checking in on me. He always making sure I'm good, you know. You just be chilling, but like you just text you like you good, bro. You yeah. alright? Things like that, man. I go a long way, bro. So yeah. CJ, that's my guy, bro. Just longest. I know we gonna be. I know on the field we gonna click, mm-hmm. you know. So we, but we got we got that relationship with each other. That off the field, we can hang around each other all day, and you know we can just have fun. We ain't got yeah. to go do nothing fun. We can just be chilling. So it's my brother. I love him. I appreciate. It. I really. That was Tank Dale. That was um, a little bit of a of the snippet of the interview that I did last week with Tank. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, and those of you guys who did know and had an opportunity to read it, um, this season I'm doing this thing called Rookie Diaries. I'm trying to catch up with every single rookie within the Texans locker room and just get their sense on what it's like playing in the NFL, you know, the ups and the downs going through your first season. Last week, of course, had an opportunity to talk to Tank Dale and John, I just want to say this is another situation where I'm where I'm happy to say that I was wrong, that I am wrong in the right way. Because when the Texans drafted Tank, I know there was a lot of excitement here in this city, but I looked at Tank as a player that I thought that the Texans, especially through the first couple of weeks of the season, that they just was going to utilize as a kick returner and line him up in a slot whenever possible. However, three games into the 2023 campaign, Tank has been not only, in my opinion, the most impressive rookie, and I say impressive because, look, I already knew CJ and Will Anderson Jr. was going to go out there and do their things, but Tank Dell has been the most impressive rookie, but not only that, the most impressive player within that locker room because he changed the dynamic of this offense, of this wide receiving core. And I think he's part of the reason why we are sitting here and having this discussion, whether or not the Texans can possibly be in play for the AFC South. You know what I liked about that quick snippet from Tank Dell? What? what? Something that he said that was so true, man. He didn't have to move cities. He didn't have to, mm. you know, find a place to stay. He didn't have to get accustomed to 
uh, that city's, you know, way of life. All mm-hmm. he had to do was just, I'm leaving my dorm room or Airbnb or wherever. going down the street. <laughs> you know, my, my apartment. And I'm going a, a few blocks away, a couple of blocks away, and I'm going to go play for the Texans. And all I had to do was focus on basketball, I mean, on uh, football. And so I, I don't want that to get caught up in how that's important, man. Oh, All I got to do is just shift focus from college football to NFL, not lifestyles. I mean, not living wise. So I thought that was important. Um, um, I actually wrote about this in my article. I didn't play it in this, but I'm glad that you pointed that out, John, because one of the things that he talked about, and I asked him to expand on it, he said that for rookies, and he went through this during his first year at the University of Houston, he said that's part he of a challenge. from a JUCO after yeah, leaving Alabama and them, right? I think mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. yeah. So he and, had already, he moved twice before getting home in Houston. <laughs> exactly. And he's from Florida. By the way, he had like a whole bunch of family um, at Jacksonville on Sunday. Um, quick fun story. He did say um, Monday during Monday's press conference that after the game, he came up to his little brother and his little brother asked him what CJ Stroud was. I thought that was pretty funny. But, you know, the one thing about him being able to stay here in the city of Houston, he talked about how that is one of the most that is one of the most challenging things a lot of young players have to overcome and that kind of takes on a, a negative effect on them mentally and he said because he has had an opportunity just to stay here in Houston it's a place where he automatically knows he called this his second home only thing he had to do was just focus on ball and that has played a real factor into the success that he's having so far in his career yeah man and I remember Back when we were doing our, you know, draft analysts and uh, looking at the players who Houston should take a look at, Tank Dell has always been linked to the Texans. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. And I remember the Keith Sanchez article on the draft network and one of his top reasons for concern, slight frame injury concerns and specific yet limited role. Um, also, when mm-hmm. I look at, because I'm looking at it now, when I look at I remember looking at this, I saved it. When I look at the Ian Cummins article from Pro Football Network, one of his top concerns, again, was a lightweight frame that can limit resistance to physicality, uh, consistently goes down on first contact because of his light. I mean, you know, these are areas improvement because of his light frame. Uh, You see the, the, the frame coming up, his size coming up, and whether or not he'd be able to be a true you know, receiver for this team in the NFL. Well, ladies and gentlemen, 77% of Tank Dale's snaps have been on the outside, and he has 12 catches for 218 yards and two TDs. C.J. Stroud's passer rating is 143 when targeting Tank Dale. To give you guys some more insight on how good Tank Dale has been for the Houston Texans, all of his passes between 10 to 19 yards, that's where he's been the most efficient, catching five out of his six passes um, for 77 yards, one TD, and a completion rate of 83.3. Uh, also, of, of course, the zero to nine yards out of the 11 targets, he's caught eight of them. So when I look at Tank Dell, I'm looking at a guy that, you know, I was a part of that crowd that put him in the box and had those limitations on him. Right now, I think Tank Dell is either – 11th or 10th in the NFL in receiving yards, and wherever he is, Nico is he 12? Nico Collins is right in front of him, or right behind him. So they are right there. But Tank Dale has been very good for Houston because he's a guy that can help open up the offense. His speed is that 
good, but more so his footwork, his ability to get open, and his quickness has really allowed for Houston to kind of do some things on offense, especially when you go back to the second half of that Colts game. Had a touchdown early in that fourth quarter. That was called back due to a holding call, but then CJ was able to hit him later on in that game. So he could have walked away with two TDs in that game. And what I like about Tank Dell the most is, guys, sometimes he does get lost in covers. I mean, he is small. Hmm. And, and, and also because of that, because of his ability to run routes, which is crisp. Like that's one of my favorite things to go back and watch him do is run a route because of his quickness, because of his footwork, and because of his speed. Right now, I think Tank Dale in the last game had nearly five yards of separation per route ran. The league average, I believe, right now was 2.96, something along those lines. So you're looking at a guy that his the lack of what we would like to say physicality, his the lack of size, the lack of strength has been really a weapon for him, right? His speed, his quickness, and all of that goes into his game. I remember uh, during the offseason when he was working on his one-handed catches and his balances and everything on the, on the uh, medicine ball and catching those tennis balls and everything. He puts a lot of focus in being great with catching that pass, being good with yards after catch, and using his size to his advantage and not, not letting that be – a knock to his game. So is Tank Dale better than expected? Guys, I'm going to say as of right now, absolutely, positively, yes. And I think that when you look at Noah Brown going down, that opened up the opportunities for Tank Dale to showcase what he could do earlier. I believe it was always going to come. Do I believe it was going to come in week two and week three when Houston had shown that throughout preseason, you know, he didn't catch not one pass from C.J. Stroud. He wasn't mm-hmm. featured – with the starters, I think for 95% of the time. So he didn't get the opportunities with CJ during the preseason. But those guys has had has had that connection dating back to rookie OTAs, going back to preseason and practices and everything. They have trust in one another. And because of that, you're seeing a receiver, I think, play more to the offensive strengths, getting guys open, getting them in space. And, of course, he's dangerous when you put him out in motion as well. So – Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm eating my words on Tank Dell from the offseason, from the preseason, from the draft. Did I like the pick? Yes. Did I believe that Houston traded too much up to go get him? Yes. I'm on record by saying that. But when you look at what has made Houston successful offensively right now, you got C.J. Stroud, you got Nico Collins, and you got Tank Dell. They have been three of the five most important players for this office through the course of the first three weeks. So Tank Dell, I was wrong, brother. I'm happy to see what you're doing. You have been much better than expected, but you have been as good as advertised from your camp and the Houston Texans because they traded up and had that faith to go get you for CJ Stroud. Everyone should be empowered to take care of themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace case makes sure that you have access to the medication on hand in an emergency. Jay's case is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluations to the licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught 
unprepared guys and to make it even better for you guys out there and our listeners get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com that is j a s e medical.com Welcome back in ladies and gentlemen on this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans before moving on Another shout out to Drew because maybe Drew might be on to something. And I don't buy it. Saying don't buy it. He's probably Nick Casario. No, no, no. Because look, we just had a conversation about how Tankdale is better than expected, and I think it's safe to say that that young man is nowhere near close of scratching the surface of his potential. Remember, it was Nick Casario that said that he watched him at the Senior Bowl. And that's when he said he knew without a shadow of a doubt he had to get Tank Dale to Houston. I remember the day after he drafted Tank and he was asked about it. Nick Casario said that Tank was the best wide receiver at the Senior Bowl. And he was surprised to see that Tank Dale lasted all the way till the third round. That sounds like a top five general manager to me. Uh, I'm just saying. (laughs) But at the same time, I can't give him a top five general manager because of the coaching hires that that man made ever since he became the general manager for the Houston Texans. And one of them, of course, my guy, David Culley, who, by the way, as I mentioned to start off the show, was the last head coach to win a game inside NRG Stadium. John, we already talked about it. Sunday could definitely be a statement game for the Houston Texans, but, man, it will be something special for the Texans to finally win their very first home game since 2021. Yeah, absolutely. And to go back to your to the Tank Dale point, when we look at the wide receivers drafted after him, Jalen Hyatt, I think, still is trying to find a role with the New York, I mean, the New York Giants. But Cedric Tillman, Josh Downs, Michael Wilson – uh, Trey Tucker, Darius Davis, Charlie Jones, Scott Tyler Scott, uh, Puka Nuka, uh, Nukia. I know I'm pronouncing his name wrong. And in the fifth round out of BYU, he's actually producing very well for the LA Rams. But what I'm getting at is uh, even the, some of the guys in front of him, Marvin Mims, Rasheed Rice, uh, Tank Dale has been one of if not top three right now, Zay Flowers, uh, Jordan Addison, and Tank Dell. Oh, he's definitely top three. Top rookie receiver. So, <laughs> yeah, when you look at who's playing and, and being better than expected, Tank Dell is definitely doing more. But for Houston to get their first home win since 2021, boy, they have some bad seasons. Uh, in front of J.J. White and the White family, one of the greatest, the greatest Texans in Texan franchise history. Going up against a team on the Pittsburgh Steelers who defensively, man, they move the needle defensively. Mm. Joey Porter Jr. has been playing some very good football at corner. He's also a rookie at corner for the Steelers. And, of course, T.J. Wyden, them boys, man, up front. But, again, this will be a statement game for Houston. If they, if they can go out there and just do some of the things right. Again, Pittsburgh only scores – right under 19 points per game. Uh, they are not a very good passing team. And, you know, honestly, guys, I don't even think they're a really good 
running team. I'm looking it up right now. Um, when I look at let's see, where where are they rushing the ball? I don't think they haven't been so Le'Veon Bell love. <laughs> yeah, right now, guys. Wow. So the Houston Texans are in front of the Pittsburgh Steelers in rushing yards per game. Now, Pittsburgh does average more yards per carry with 3.2 compared to Houston's 2.8. But right now, the Steelers are only running the ball for 67 yards per game. A limited offense right now. There's a lot of chatter going around about firing Matt Canada. This is a winnable game for Houston. This is a game, and I can't wait to see Jalen Petrie and Jimmy Ward on the field together mm. and Bobby Slower continue to get comfortable in his play calling. Yeah, I can see Houston winning this game on Sunday. And I think if they do, the conversation really starts to change. Remember last year, Houston got their first win against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and then they continued to lose. <laughs> they can change the narrative, guys. They can, they can change it with, with a win on Sunday. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked on Texans podcast. Uh, Drew, if you made it to this point, I'm probably never going to shout you out again. But uh, <laughs> make sure you continue to subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked on Texans podcast on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I do want to shout out K-Ray was stopped over the weekend and said, hey, man, I know you from where, Locked on Texans. I love what you guys do. I love your approach and how you talk about this franchise so without you guys and the listeners and k ray man we wouldn't be able to do this so shout out to you and make sure you give me a follow new listeners new viewers old viewers old listeners on youtube on twitter at john underscore hickman 12 until the wheels fall off and as always i'm your host cody m davis please remember to follow me on thread at cody davis underscore 24 once again it's cody sale t-y-d-a-v-i-s underscore 24 if you have a thread please follow me i'm trying my hardest to get that going to get ahead of the curve but yeah by the way really quick the houston texans are signing offensive tackle uh jerron christian and i don't know if this is an indication of larry tonsil being out an extended period of time uh, but we do know that in a couple of weeks, we should be able to see Titus Howard back on the field. So that's a good thing. Mm. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.